0: Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off.
1: And I've seen it where if guys don't come to grips with the truth, and if they're fighting to stay relevant in that external reality, they never maximize their potential. And the first thing that goes to me is in between the ears. Because now self-doubt creeps in and self-talk goes negative. And what I wrote about with Joey Roberts in the book was like, and then your wonder switch gets turned off, your wonderment. Because when you walked into that stadium for you at Oregon or your son at UW, or even when I walked into Pitt Stadium, I looked up and I said, whoa. I'm in awe. I'm in wonderment. And then my imagination started to go and it was like, I can't, I could see myself making plays. I could see myself winning a title, going to the Rose Bowl. Well, I believe that oftentimes that wonder switch gets turned off by external forces.
0: Welcome to the Shark Effect Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm an NFL veteran of eight years, and now I'm an author, leadership and personal development coach, and international speaker. In this podcast, you will learn strategies to get unstuck in life and find your influence. You will hear inspirational and value-packed stories from former and current elite-level athletes, successful entrepreneurs, and experts in the field of personal development. My mission is to help former elite-level athletes find their identity and utilize their influence to create a life of impact. Welcome to The Shark Effect again. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I got a good friend of mine I've known for a couple of years on today. He's a three, He's a four-time author. He's a Pac-12 network, I don't know what to say, guru, <laughs> analyst. Um, he knows sports. He knows football. Um, he's had some some great like sideline points of view um, from some tremendous athletes. And no matter what position they play, quarterback, receiver, DB, he's been on the sidelines with um, – Uh, with Nike and with their their opening. They're famous for it. Um, I don't know if it's going to come back again, but um, Yogi Roth is my guest today on The Shark Effect. And I'm really excited to hear um, his take on on his new book. You know, with that, um, I I just want to kind of jump into it. First of all, man, Yogi, thank you so much for being a guest on The Shark Effect.
1: Yeah, hey, I, I've been tracking you for a long time. Like you've hit different decades of my life in different ways. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> as a father, of course, as a elite player, as you know the the content creator that you are now. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways you know that you affect a lot of people, and I, I want to just tell you a quick story. I can remember being at the opening and watching you run, kind of like a speed clinic just because it's easy to define it like that. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and watched you talk to athletes. And I was like, whoa, like command, respect, teaches, hears them, like all the things. And this was before your son was even like a big recruit that I got to know at Washington. Like it was just who you were. And I I remember sitting there watching from the end zone. I think it was the Bo Jackson field on campus there. Mm. I was like, whoa, that is, that is cool. It was, uh, it was like a brand Jordan event. I remember like yesterday. Oh yeah. 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 And so okay. I, I've yeah. always held like this amazing affinity to be like, "Oh, I want to replicate that. I want to try to make sure that the athletes I'm around, whether I'm a broadcaster or coach, they feel heard. And now as a dad, I hope all my kids feel as seen and heard. So your impact man is, is on many levels with me. So I, I'm honored to be
0: here today, man. Thank you very much. You know, I just Yogi, I, I, I felt that, that, how athletes are and how different they are. And they're the same, but they're, they're different. They're they're separate from, from other people walking this earth. (laughs) You know, these elite level athletes, they have so much influence. And I think, especially at the high school level, and you've seen more than I have with these kids, the the amount of influence they have, the amount of clout, the amount of, um, you know, everything is just based off of their ability, but not a lot of them understand like the words that they say, the things that they post can make an impact positively and negatively. And I want to be a part of the solution that to help these guys and girls is like, understand like how their influence can impact so many people, so many people. So that's, I, I just, um, you know, anytime I can have a conversation with somebody with with influence, a young person, and I know because of me playing at the you know in the NFL, being there for for a long time, is I know they will listen. You know, and and I want to be able to to make an yeah. impact, you know, for them. But uh, Matt Yogi, tell me about the book, the five star. Let me see what is the five star quarterback. Is this book strictly for quarterbacks? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for, thanks
1: for, for asking about it. Um, this book, it's 600 pages if you're looking at it. Uh, it's it's kind of the life works of myself and the co-author, Joey Roberts, around the quarterback position. We got exposed to QBs at the Elite 11 on a big level. As a player, I always loved that position. I would sit in quarterback rooms and I was playing college football at Pitt. When I came up to SC, I got to learn from Lane and Sark and Coach Carroll around like that position because it was Heisman Trophy winner after Heisman Trophy winner. They used to say, and I still believe it at SC, you sign as a quarterback there, you're a household name, you start, you're a Heisman candidate. And I got to see how Matt Leiner dealt with pressure as a guy trying to win three straight national titles. I got to see how John David Booty got to deal with being in Matt's shadow and then leading the team to two Rose Bowl wins. I got to see Mark Sanchez sit for three years mm. to go play in 13 games and then declare for the NFL. Like, I felt like early in my 20s, I saw a lot at the position that I became really obsessed with it. Luckily, got on to the Elite 11 and been a part of it ever since. So so I like to think I've probably seen every top recruit in football in the last 20 years at that position, probably 90% of them. But what has been the same, Alex, from day one to now is that the quarterbacks and their families have been asking the same questions. And over the course of the last couple of years, what has changed? NIL, transfer portal, really social media. And quarterbacks not really having a lot of tools to manage this whole experience. And definitely the parents not having any. right? Unless they were you, unless they have played, it's hard. And even then, it's still hard. So I sat there with Joey Roberts three years ago after Elite 11, and we said, we have to do something. So we said, let's, let's create a book of advice. Yeah, 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 let's go do that. We put together 18 chapters of what we would give advice on, a scholarship, going to camp, picking a camp, committing, decommitting, mental health, dealing with women, dealing with your own thoughts, dealing with college campus, dealing with transferring, transferring twice, NIL, all the things that we could think about, we put on paper. Joey was the researcher. He found the 134 quarterbacks that have been ranked five stars since the year 2000. I began to put my thoughts together, and about halfway through the book, we said, we need more. So we called all 134 quarterbacks. And by call, I mean we DM'd them. We tried to find them on LinkedIn. Some we knew. Whatever it was, we said, hey, do you want to be a part of this book where you could give advice? 54 said, oh, yeah. Another 10 or 12 said, I'm not ready to go there. And then we couldn't find numbers for like the guys in my era, like a lot of them, Jeff Smoker, Matt Levecchio. But the point is we threw down and asked every quarterback, to offer their advice. We gave them each 22 questions. And from Ryan Perlou to Will Greer to Caleb Williams and Bo Nix, Josh Rosen, they all threw down incredible answers. Wow! And we got all their answers and said, whoa, this book's coming together. But we're not done yet. So we added ambassadors. So we hit up 40 people in sport. Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, excuse me, um, Lincoln Riley, you, you Ryan Day, Uh, Dan Lanning, Jed Fish, uh, Chip Kelly, anybody that I, David Shaw, that I had massive respect for in coaching, said, can you please offer your advice? They all said yes. We had it in the Holinsky family, Brenda Tracy, Dr. Michael Gervais, like Andy Bark, who you know, Brian Stump, people in recruiting like Brandon Huffman, We said, give advice. And they all did. And that's what the book became. It's become a tribe of mentors for a walk-on or a five-star, a parent, a coach, even a fan, to see and understand what players are going through and the questions they may have. And we released it uh, right as the season began, right at media days at the end of July. And really proud of it, because not just because it continues to sell, but because I think it really continues to help. And I think it will for five to ten years, because I think the book has got a chance to be kind of one of one with all the voices that offer insight into the game and the process that so many players go through.
0: Man, that's beautiful, and it's a bestseller. So this is something that I think it's yeah. I think it's intended for for those people, and it's helping those people who are like, okay, what are the things that? Yeah, all the glitz and glamour, all the good stuff, but what about some of the roadblocks that I might be, that might come my way. In this sport, being in this position, and so I want to ask you, like what are some of the roadblocks that kind of come in the way of some of these athletes, either from, you know, the coach's perspective or the athletes or maybe the athletes family, what are some of the roadblocks?
1: Yeah. Well, the natural ones are ones that I think anybody who's around the game would, would lean towards. You reference one, like, how do I manage my family? How do I manage coaches? How do I manage my own identity? I think, though, it all comes down to, and after we released this book, it hit me, is that this book, Alex, is all about mindset. And I think the roadblocks that most athletes run into, they run into them because they haven't thought it through. Maybe they haven't gotten there. So let's just talk about choosing the right school. I talked to an elite recruit earlier today who's trying to figure out where to go. Got offers everywhere. I said, okay, well, let's front load some of these conversations. What do you value? Degree? Degree? Value system, value going to the league, value playing in front of fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, a CFP. Do you want to get a Stanford degree? Do you want to go to Oregon? Like, what wh- what do you value? And then talking to the parents, like, what are you hoping your son values? And are you making sure that you're allowing him to make that choice? And if you don't agree with it, is it a discussion, or are you just telling me you don't agree with it? Do you value NIL? Do you need? money now? Do you need short-term money? Do you need long-term money? Like, I I think so much of the journey is about front-loading conversation. Because how many times have we talked to athletes who are like, man, I didn't think about that when I got recruited. I loved it when the band loved me up, the student section loved me up at a game. I felt all the love from the fans on social media. It really wasn't the right place for me. And as I've gone through this book, you look at 134 quarterbacks, every one of them as a five-star quarterback in high school, is deemed, and this is the definition of five-star, to be a franchise-changing quarterback, meaning you can go to the NFL and change a franchise. One won a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. It was Matthew Stafford, year 13, team two. Ten were drafted in the top 10. 16 were drafted in the first round. 51% of them transferred once, 16% were transferred twice. My point is that most of it doesn't work. Maybe it's not the right fit. Maybe you don't have... Uh, greatest luck. Maybe you get injured. Maybe the coach leaves. Like there's so much that goes on as you know, cause you've lived it with your children on a bunch of different levels when you get to college. So what are you front loading? What do you value? And if you can value things that you can control, like this is the type of college campus I want to go to. This type of degree I want to get this type of people I want to be connected to. This is the environment I want to live in. And I say that because I think if you're just making football decisions all the time, Man, it's scary. So the quarterbacks, what I tell every quarterback I ever talk to, because I won't ever tell them where to go, but I say, hey, if you're choosing based on the OC, if you're good, he's going to get another job. So choose it based on the environment, the culture, the philosophy. What do they front load as a program? So th- I think there's a lot too, but ultimately I, I kind of zoom out to 20 30,000 feet, and I say the biggest roadblock is are you identifying your mindset Prior to beginning that walk, that drive to campuses, that flight on an unofficial visit, what's your mindset? And it's okay if you're there and you don't have it and you, you're you in wonderment and in awe when you come back, start to assess it. And that's where I think this book does a nice job. It prompts those conversations. So if you don't know what to do, cool. You can't Google how to figure this thing out. You got to go through it, but you you do have the opportunity to prompt yourself and say, all right, this is what I think my blueprint is. Let me take a visit. Did it change? Maybe. How did it change? Let me go on another visit? How did it change? And, and I think that's the most critical part because as we know, this year it's December 21st signing day. On December 20th at midnight, a lot of guys' lives are going to get flipped upside down. Because the world we live in now, things that you didn't anticipate are going to come through the front door. Hey, come here, you'll play. Come here, we got a new coach. Come here for NIL. If you don't front load what you want, then you are going to be in trouble that night and you're going to be torn.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good, and you know, for 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 these kids, up to their point, this is the biggest decision they they will ever make, or at least up to that point, this is the biggest decision. And you know, I've I've I tell my kids like, when I made this decision to go to Oregon, I had a foundation, right? And it was close. I was this far from going to Tennessee. This far, I still cheer for them. I still chill for Tennessee. I was this close. Wow. And with how Oregon recruited me and, you know, the coach, Coach Neil Zumbukos, he was the, you know, he, he recruited the Colorado area. But because of the person that he was, he wasn't a car salesman. I don't think if somebody else, if another coach would have kind of tried to sell me the way they do, instead of um, how Coach, coach Zumbukos spoke to me, and treated me as like, I would have went, it was a perfect match. And I was looking at the culture. Like you said, I was looking at culture and I was looking at where I fit in. And then really what my, I aligned at that time, I was 17. When I made that decision, I want to play in the NFL. And I want to start as a freshman, maybe a red shirt freshman. I don't think I could have did as a, because I was still kind of raw. So my big deals was the culture, the and then me wanting to start. I want to start as a freshman. And then the third thing is I want to be a part of something that was um, I, I'm gonna say unprecedented. Like I wanted to be a part of a team that would win the Pac 10 and go to the Rose Bowl. That was my I wanted to go to the Rose Bowl. I wanted to play in the Rose Bowl. And those things mm-hmm. happened. I met I met the love of my life. Right. These kids will be making decisions like, man, will affect the rest of their life. And if they're not making decisions built on bedrock, like what their foundation is, I think they're missing the boat. Yeah.
1: What a great story. Like I I said all the things I said because I didn't do any of them. Like I, I chose Pitt because they played Notre Dame and Notre Dame turned me down. (laughs) <laughs> that was it. you know like it was it was all revenge it was, it had nothing to do with like I fell in love with campus I love the communication school like and and, and I, I say that because that happens a lot right like like as I was referencing the athlete I was talking to earlier of do you want to play for a team that can win a title every year or do you want to be part of a program that's rebuilding and do something that's never been done before like no wrong answer what do you yeah. want and and I think I, I wish I I wish definitely I wish I was prompted but for, for these players now, because what I feel for is I feel for external reality and internal reality. And this is how I'll describe it. External reality is like in your home, whether it was you in Colorado or your son in Oregon or somebody in LA. Your external reality when you're a recruitable athlete is you're the man. Because you are. You're killing it. You're the best player in the area, best player in the region. College is coming to visit you. Then you get to college. Sometimes internal reality is... You're struggling with cl- with time management, struggling with class. Maybe you're just not as fast or as strong as some of the guys you're competing against. And then you walk outside and external reality says, hey, man, why aren't you playing? Internal reality says, yeah, I don't know. Because you don't really want to say that, hey, I'm not strong enough yet. And now all of a sudden, they're clashing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it in LA a lot because a lot of players at SC or UCLA are from the same community or within 20, 30 miles of the school in Los Angeles. And I've seen it where if guys don't come to grips with the truth and if they're fighting to stay relevant in that external reality, they never maximize their potential. And the first thing that goes to me is in between the ears because now self-doubt creeps in and self-talk goes negative. And what I wrote about with Joey Roberts in the book was like, and then your wonder switch gets turned off, your wonderment. Because when you walked into that stadium for you at Oregon or your son at UW, or even when I walked into Pitt Stadium, I looked up and I said, whoa, I'm in awe. I'm in wonderment. And then my imagination started to go and it was like, I can't, I could see myself making plays. I could see myself winning a title, going to the Rose Bowl. Well, I believe that oftentimes that wonder switch gets turned off by external forces. It could be social media in this age. It could be your friends. It could be a coaching staff. And often I see athletes not have the power or not have the understanding to turn it back on until somebody prompts them. And they don't play with joy. They don't play with fun. And then all of a sudden, grades drop, social drops, your, your relationships drop. And that's what I get scared about in this era of recruiting, of everything is so high. Mm. 134 players ranked five-star quarterback in history. One has won a Super Bowl. They clearly all didn't make it, but they're not mm. all bus. Some, some of them played, some of them played well, some of them got hurt, some didn't play, but now they're husbands, fathers, professionals. Like the identity around recruiting is real. So Mm -hmm. it's scary in that regard. And that's why I just, I go back to mindset and the people that get to be around these athletes contribute to that. And to me, it's not all like three and out. I'm going to school for three and I'm out. Like, I hope that happens for everybody. But if that's the bedrock. Then I think athletes are in trouble because so much can happen around that. Versus, hey, three and a degree, and then we'll see. Maybe that should be the phrase, you know. And yeah. I, I just, I, I really, I'm really nervous about the mindset and the mentality and the mental health of athletes moving forward because of the attention around the, the legit reality in recruiting today.
0: I'm interested to, to hear, it, man, because I know, man, relationships are so powerful. They have such influence. What type of relationships have you seen when it comes to these five-star quarterbacks? What type of relationships do you do you see that most of them have that they don't... Um, you know, because some of these relationships, they're, they're blood. And I know the power of, of, of relationships. You need people, I think, that can tell you the truth. They can tell you, "Hey, what you're doing right now, you're showing you've been kind of a jerk," and you know how you're acting within these, you know, within the locker room or on the field when things don't go your way. That's hurting you. A lot of times, people don't share those things. They don't tell them. They don't. They don't hold up a mirror to them. And that's something that um, that's, that's. I mean, that's what I do as a as a personal development coach. As a leadership coach, I hold up the mirror, and I, it always starts like, "Where do you want to go? Where do you want this, this all this influence? Being a five-star quarterback, what do you want to this to do for your life?" And I just think that more of these athletes need to have relationships, and some of them they don't get to choose because it's in the family, but other ones you can choose, and I think, yeah. um, you know, a lot of these decisions these, these people that they, um, that they should have in their life, it might not be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It might not be comfortable, but you need to have those people in your life. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested to hear like the percentage or wow, you know, did they have like these, these relationships in their life that they can just hold up a mirror to them and tell them the truth. Yeah. It's a great point. And I think it's hard and I think it varies.
1: Um, I believe this is a bedrock principle. I believe athletes, athletically minded people, right? You, me, we're done playing, uh, or your son who's playing in the league or 16 year olds playing in high school, getting recruited. Now I believe we all want to be coached. I think most of the athletes would probably, if they put the mirror up, would say like, we're probably a lot of pleasers. I know I am for sure. Cause I always wanted my coach to be like, nice route, nice job. Yeah. We would live in that, that, that repetitive life forever. Um uh, so I think we seek the truth. I think I think the be, the best quarterbacks, definitely, I've been around, are like, hey, "Tell it to me straight, man." You know. Now, that's hard because it's an environment that is a lot of "You're the best," "You're the greatest," "You're good," "You're good." But the real ones, I bet you, you, you. I mean, you've seen it at a higher level than me. Like, they want to be coached hard, not demeaned, right? But demanded, right? That the, the coaching phrase we often hear: demeaning versus demanding they they want it they want it the, the reality they they want the truth. Now to your point in recruiting it often doesn't happen. It often doesn't happen. So what I've been talking to coaches a lot about in college, especially with this book, was what are the skills that you're front loading on a recruiting visit? So if a 16 17 year old kid took, takes a visit today is the first thing he's hearing about in the facility Nil is it playing time? Is it scheme? Is it degree? It's probably in that order to to a large degree, probably around the country now, or at least those are the questions that athletes have coming in in that order. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been told that so many times now of athletes. Okay, thanks for all the spiel, but what's the NIL deal? What's the NIL opportunity? And what I'm urging coaches to do is talk about front-loading mental skills. So here's a hit. If we role play, you came in on a visit. uh, Excuse me, I happen to be the head coach. And I say, you know, hey, Alex, love having you here. Uh, Before we get to the football, before we get to anything off the field uh, regarding, you know, whatever this program can do for you, I want to talk about mental skills. And right down the hall, we've got 5, 10, 15 licensed high-performance psychologists, mental skills coaches, uh, goal-oriented life coaches. They're going to help you put a plan together about what you want. We're going to make sure that in year three or in week three of year one, when you're stressed or you don't have an answer on how to manage something, this door is already wide open because I don't want you to come in here year three and be nervous about talking about it. Best example came through this book with Ryan Burns, who started at quarterback at Stanford. And he said, one of the best days of my life was the day I was told I was beat out by Keller Christ. because I finally got to exhale. I hadn't exhaled. i was been the man since I was 14. And the very next day, David Shaw and Tavita Pritchard, the offensive coordinator at Stanford, Walked down the hall in the quarterback room and said, hey, come with me. And they led him down the hall to the high-performance psychologist and the mental skills program at Stanford. And said, you need to talk to somebody. And he goes, that was the most valuable moment that ever happened to me as a quarterback in my life. And this guy started. This guy was a huge recruit. This guy had everything at his fingertips. But he goes, there was things I just didn't know. So, so I say that of like, if we can front-load those. I talk to quarterbacks like Devin Brown. He's a second- or third-year player at Ohio State now. He said as a sophomore in high school, he was training his mind. So I'll take a rip from Dr. Michael Gervais who would say, you can train three things. And I bet you say this all the time to the people you coach. You train your body. It would stay in shape. You train your craft. Maybe it's a DB and backpedaling and or quarterback and reading coverages. And you could train your mind. How many people listening to us now truly train their mind and how much time when you compare it to training your body or training your craft, is it in Real, in, in relation to I mean I'm trying to meditate 15 minutes a day but I'm working out 45 that ain't good enough and, and I'm saying yeah, that's just the truth for me like I need to be better there too uh, but I say that for for young athletes who are dealing with what's truth what's not what's a transactional relationship what's a transformational relationship like I really believe it begins with hey who's presenting me with some of the things that I may not be aware of because most athletes that you know, Act as though they have all of the answers externally. But if you sit down with them, if you're really one of those people inside their circle, they're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out too. And that's where the beauty lies in growth with a
0: high-performing, recruitable athlete. Man, that's so deep. I mean, having those, having those conversations... Because ego drives us, you know, that's kind of one of the things that helps us become the type of athlete we have because we have such an ego. We want to be the best. And just understanding that, you know, it takes more than just ego. You know, one of the things that helped my son Elijah make a decision to go to uh, University of Washington, it was the culture, but it was also... The other things that, you know, um, Coach Chris Peterson, what he talked on, and he was talking about making them the best person, growing them as a man off off the field. When he started talking like that, my ears perked up. Because every, you know, a lot of coaches, they talk about the same thing. But when you're talking about growing somebody so they can be the best version of themselves, when, it, you know, after after ball, that's what I'm talking about. And and then also the relationships, right? I, I keep talking about that because it's such an influencer because these kids need to understand whether they're five stars or whatever. When you're at university and you're playing ball, you have opportunities that you don't even know about. You can shoot an email. You can DM somebody. You can call somebody and they will pick up the phone, especially if they're linked to that university, right? The alma mater is were there any things in in the book that, you know, kids, you know, these, these, these athletes, these five-star quarterbacks, did they utilize or maybe not utilize the relationships that was already there?
1: Yeah, it's a mixed bag. And that's the fun part about this book is you can go to any question like that one and go down the list of, call it 20 answers and 10 would say yes, 10 would say no. Mm -hmm. And we write exactly about that. Um, I share a story in the book about when I was a freshman at Pitt, I asked the fifth-year senior quarterback, I said, hey, give me one piece of advice. It was Johnny Terman. I'll never forget it. We're on the bus to our practice facility. And he said, try to get three business cards every day after practice. So every Tuesday, Mm. Wednesday, when alums or donors would be on the sideline of practice, I'd go over and introduce myself. Well, now, take it a step further to what you said. You can DM any three alumni that you want every day of the week. So when I talk to athletes on upon retirement or upon the game saying, hey, I'm done with you, I say, okay, cool. Um, what are you interested in? And I ask them to write down 50 things that they want to do in their life. And we take them through this exercise in the book. It could be travel the world. It could be run for president. It could be get married. It could meet be at meet Alex Molden. Like it could be anything like w- three of mine. One was Ernest scholarship. One was interview, Jerry Rice. And one was date Paris Hilton, 17 years old when I or 18 years old, when I wrote <laughs> the list. I mean, it was funny. It was serious. It was silly, right? I was 18. And yeah. I went, the day I, I referenced at the start of the show, when you were doing your workout, I interviewed Jerry Rice.
0: Oh, Jerry Rice
1: off to the, in front of like the lake on the Nike campus. And I remember, and I still have my list. I've chalked up 37 of the 50. I have it right wow. near my office. Um, but I say that cause I think it's really important to, to kind of recognize like, what is it that I want to go do? Like, where do I have interests? Where do they, where do they lie? And I say that because when I ask current college athletes that, or I do this exercise with, with elite 11 kids, I, I ask them to write down five and it's amazing. Cause they're like, make it to the NFL, uh, have a family, run a business is usually three. Okay. And then the other two are really enlightening. It's like be a chef or be an inventor, and I say that to them, and I say, okay, cool, and then I do the media training, and we role play. I say, okay, cool, I want you to work in being a chef into your answer and see if you can leverage the free media you get as a recruitable athlete and or a freshman or sophomore or junior or senior on campus, and how do you leverage that? Because now, I only see you, and my favorite part of this book, I'm showing it not to just promote it, but it's on the cover, you see the faces of the athletes, because I believe that when you signed or when your son signed or when Bo Nick signed, we immediately as a fan, what did we do? We Googled them and went to their social media handle. We went to their highlight video and we went to their recruiting page. We don't even know what a lot of them look like. If mm. I held this picture up and said, all of college football, tell me who's who. I bet they'd get 50% of them right, 50% of them wrong. Because often in football, we see guys for men who have armor on who go into their craft with shoulder pads and helmets and eye black and all these things, but they got a face, they got a soul, they have ideas, they're thoughtful, they have dreams. So we try to urge these guys in our book to do is share them. It's your story. Don't let a recruiting expert label you the five-star DB, the five-star quarterback, the walk-on, like that is external. That is as good as they could do. Offer them up. The little kernels of what do I want in my life? So the we role play, and I'll be like, "Hey, great game today through five touchdowns. What are you going to do afterwards? To celebrate with your teammates?" Well, answer A might be like, "Well, it was a great team win. I love my teammates. I can't wait to go celebrate with them." It's on to the next. We've heard that version. Mm-hmm. Well, option B would be it was a great team win. I can't wait to celebrate. My like, guys, I'm going to cook for them tonight. They're coming over. I got my famous whatever pasta. Now all of a sudden, you're a reporter. You're like, you cook. Now, all of a sudden, maybe there's an NIL deal in cooking. Maybe there's some life that can explode from your desires and your passions. And I just feel like that is so vital as athletes continue is to to really take control of their own narrative. And those are parts of, of what we tried to share in the book as well.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yogi, so what is like, you know, getting towards the end, what is a couple of things. I want to scrape the plate. You touched on a lot of them today, but what is like some tips, some, some advice that uh, I guess the, you know, some of the top advice you can give these, um, these athletes, whether they're five star, four star, they're at the end of the road in their college career, or maybe they've played professional. What is some advice, some actionable steps, some actual advice that these um these kids or parents can be able to to take
1: yeah well two different parts I'll start with the player um I truly believe in this we did it at elite 11 five six years ago it was Sam Ellinger was there Jalen Hurts was there we had a lot of big name quarterbacks there as counselors and it was the year that Bryce Young CJ Stroud um Drew Pine you know some college starters right now that were there as well And we took him out on a Friday night to a high school football field outside of Dallas, Texas. And I began to share the concept I shared earlier around wonderment and that wonder switch. And I asked them all, I said, when was the last time you really experienced joy playing? And to a man, every one of them, I'm talking about the starting quarterback at Texas, Alabama, or high school. Like, man, it's been a minute. Like, it's been a minute. My wonder switch has been turned off before. I didn't even realize it, but maybe it's still off. I said, okay, let's, let's go have what we coined at Elite 11, imagination period. I said, for the next seven minutes, I want you to go do what you did as a kid. I want you to imagine yourself playing. See where it takes you. Throw against the goalpost. Throw it into garbage cans. Play sharks and minnows with the football. Like I want you to tap back into the true joy and why you played. And I didn't know if it was going to work. I was talking to Trent Delphine. I'm like, hey, just trust me. Let's just take a run at this thing. We'll see if it happens. And it was amazing. And I stole it from Kobe Bryant. He used to do it with his, uh, one of his, I think his late daughter's basketball team. He would do that. And he would just say, just go play. Have an imagination period. Imagine yourself hitting the game winner, Turnaround, jump shot, crossover, boom, three, two, one. All these players started doing it. They started leading their own two minute drills. Some were throwing it off the side to garbage cans like they were playing basketball. Some started playing like a game of horse with one another. It it was just fascinating. And they came back lighter. And after talking to them, they said, man, I just kind of let all that other stuff go. So to the athlete, I would say, and whenever I text an athlete, they would tell you that I do this. I say, enjoy. And the J-O-Y is in all caps. Enjoy the experience. Can you tap into the joy of why you fell in love with the game, right? It's like if a, a team ever is like lacking that, I often recommend to my coaching colleagues, take them to a youth practice, like little kids, watch them run around with oversized pads on, falling down, jumping, screaming, just enjoying it. Because I think that can get really lost because this team becomes a business fast. In this book, we interviewed parents of sixth graders who said, yeah, my kid, he's, he just got ranked the top 50 quarterback in California. And I said, oh man, he might quit by the time he's 13. He's definitely going to feel pressure because he already does. Can we tap into that? So the athlete, I don't care if you're pro, college, youth, make it about the joy. To the parent, I'd say, make it about your athlete. And when you do that, don't ask them about outcome-oriented. Don't ask him outcome-oriented questions. Don't ask. How'd you throw it today? What play did you enjoy today? What was it like on that touchdown run today? Why'd you drop it today? To me, it's all about tapping into the other stuff. Did you have fun today? Who'd you talk to after the game? Hey, what what was it like with, with your coach post-game? If you don't want to talk, no, no problem. But just, you know, I'm a soft landing spot. Because what I am f- continue to find for these elite players... Is like they don't have a soft landing spot because everybody's an expectation, right? You are a parent of an athlete. If every conversation with Elijah post game was about his coverage, I bet it would be tough. Like maybe it was just about like his life. Maybe it was about something totally different. In the book, we have uh, Bryce Young's dad, Craig's in the book, CJ Stroud's mom, Kimberly, and Christian McCaffrey's mother, Lisa. They share their parenting advice to quarterbacks, and it's really cool to hear about. I only talk to my son, I'm paraphrasing here, about football if he brings it up. And I think there's something there for parents because I, I don't know. I, I'd love to hear your take on it. But I feel as though sometimes parents cannot even realize it, but all of a sudden they feel as though they're living through their kid. And boom, it just happens like that. Yeah. And they don't even know. Would you Would you tend to agree or would you say that? Absolutely.
0: I'm that? Absolutely. And I can spot them out from a mile away. As soon as we get into a stadium or a gym or whatever and I can see them, and really, I can look at the kid and the kid does something good, but most likely not so good. And the first thing they do, lick up in the stands. And I can see that. And I was like, I start, I, I stay as far away from that parent as possible. And when I'm watching my kids, man, I'm relaxed. And no matter how tense a game is, I'm relaxed. I don't want them, they already got tension happening, right? <laughs> they already got things going on, uh, high stress. I don't want them to maybe glance and see me like, oh, you know, all bad. no, I'm, I'm relaxed as possible. And then, you know, after the game or whatever, hey, how'd you, I I, I always thought of a, how'd you feel? How'd you feel? I don't talk about, yeah. you know, about technique or none, none of that type of stuff. I I always and then I say, how'd you feel? Okay. How did you help your team? How did you, did you talk to your, with this communication happening? Could you have done it a little bit better? And that's only if they ask me, what did you see That What did you think? Well, did you, did you, did you play hard? (laughs) Did you have fun? And did you communicate? Those are my three main things that I, you know, when they ask me, Other cool. than that, i was like, man, that was a great game. Yeah. You guys take a, took a L, L, but I think that helps you guys. I know it helps you guys. So, cause I understand like influence, right. Leadership. I understand that. And I understand how you can take losses and flip it. You got to dive in deep into it, but you can flip it. You can own it and it can help you. So, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a lot That's of people beautiful. not very intentional with the things, the words, the actions, and how they respond. They're not intentional in what their kids are doing. Now it's who they are and they envision themselves and whatnot. When really maybe the best thing for your kid is to take an L. It hurts, it stings, but those can propel them to become even greater. So, you know, I have a different yeah. I have a different perspective. You know, I, I can, you know, like you said, from 30, 30 feet up through 30,000 feet up, I can see it. And um, you know, I try to like parent, like, hey, that's this is your world. I, I've lived that life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so huge. Yogi, yeah, that, yeah. That's huge
1: because yeah. of what I feel, oh, I was going to say most, me included, I'm a young parent. I don't, I don't know anything I'm figuring out in real time too. Uh, and I think that's why these dialogues are so important. Like I, I, I'm, I'm listening to your podcast. I'm listening to Greg Olson's podcast. Like we're all trying to figure it out. Right. And I think there's, it's okay to like, yeah, I don't know either. You know, like, I'm studying, like, the brain of a seven-year-old. Like, that's where my head is. Like, what is his brain like? How is it developing? Because I don't know. It can't keep up. So I I think it's important for parents to know that, like, we all don't have the answer. Like, I definitely don't. um, But it's important to keep digging on it because you have such a vital voice in the development of your athlete.
0: Absolutely. It starts at home. It starts at home. Yogi, hey, how can my people... Number one, get more of you. I know you got your the podcast that you that you put on, the, the it factory. Um, I'm really I'm, I really want to hear a little bit more about that. but where can people find your book? I know you speak. Um, where can people find you? or get more of you?
1: Yeah, you just uh, yeah, just go to yogiroth.com if you'd like or hit me up on social media. All my links are kind of in a link tree there. Uh, but yeah, man, I need to get you on the podcast in the off season because it's all about taking the helmet off and it's all for athletes. That's the whole goal is to put athletes on this show that are playing in the pack or played in the pack. So let's make that happen come the off season. Cause you could offer some, some amazing advice for these, for these young individuals.
0: Absolutely, man. I would love to be on your podcast and that's kind of like my sweet spot with helping these influencers, you know, these, with these elevated platforms, whether they're athletes or entertainers or whatever um i think that um their their influence is powerful and they just need to understand exactly what it is right people say influence and leadership and what exactly is it so um yeah i would love to be on your show my man so okay so i'm going to put this i'm going to have all your information in the uh in the show notes but uh, yogi man thank you so much for being a guest this was very powerful i i've learned so much uh, I, I can't first. All, I can't wait to get the book. It's six, you said six hundred pages. Yeah, Okay, and it's going to take me a while because your boy is a slow reader. But I'm going to get hey, it. We'll and send you one, man. Okay, <laughs> beautiful. And hopefully by the off season, I've had it all, you know, chopped up and dialed in, <laughs> and I have it all read, man. But thank you so much for being a guest, and love to have you on again. Anytime,
1: anytime, man.
0: Yo, what's up? So check this out, if you like today's episode, I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, I want you to subscribe to the show and I want you to give it a rating, five stars are dope, we love those, and then give it a review. And so I'm saying this, not for selfish reasons, but it's to help us all out. The more ratings that we get and the more reviews that we get, the bigger, more impactful guests that I can get on the show and so you know it's a win-win for everyone but it starts with you giving a review rating it and sharing it all right so if you can do that we can all have a greater or make a better greater impact all right so until next time keep aligning assigning and adjusting to the person that you want to become all right So if you got some value from today's episode and you're looking for the next step, well, here it is. I want you to subscribe to our Facebook group. It's called The Shark Effect Group. And when you get in, you'll be linked up with some other former elite level athletes. And they'll be there sharing some actionable steps and advice to get you to where you wanna go because they are there, they are where you want to go. Uh, They're fighting to get further. And so you can get some some value from just joining a group, and it's free. So you don't have to worry about anything like that, about paying. But I suggest, if you're looking for the next steps to get to where you want to go and have a life of impact and purpose, because you are set apart. Former elite-level athletes, you are different. And you need to be able to learn how to use your influence to benefit you. So I want you to go over to the Facebook group and join it and join it today. It's here. Finally, my book, the ultimate playbook for high achievement. You can get it on Amazon and the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle and who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking to, to transition. Whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making that can help you with influencing others and how are you influenced i have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment alignment and adjustment um, recognizing the power of your environments Is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you Okay, and then developing your own standards. So these are things that can help anybody, not just not just athletes. Now there's some stories in there, you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out, Amazon the ultimate playbook for high achievement.